Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. I just want to say thank you for your sensitivity this morning. Tyler, I, I'm assuming you chose the songs this morning. It ties right in with what the Lord would speak to us for this, this year. I have a heart. We have a heart that beats thousands and thousands of times every single day. We have life because before time began, he knew that you would be in existence, that you would have life. And I just thank God that our heart would beat for him that our heart, who we are, would beat for him. I thank God that he has given us breath, that we can breathe. This past week, I was in the hospital, and uh, had found out a lady that we, were, we had prayed for, a good friend of Ron, Ron McQuiggan, passed away, and we got there, didn't expect for her to be going as quickly as she did, but we got there after she had already passed away. She was gone. There was no, no life in that body. Breathing had stopped. In fact, just before we got to the room, spoke with her sister. And she said, yeah, I was there. I was there. And she passed, took her last breath. Most of her life, apart from God, I pray, and our prayer together, Ron and I, was that she receive the gospel that was presented to her while she was still clear of mind a few weeks prior. Even as Ron reiterated, do you believe, reiterated to her and asked, do you believe, I believe. As we grab a hold of that, life continues on after we leave this earth Life is precious. A few months back, held a niece, Magnolia. It's a tiny little bundle of life, brand new life. It's amazing. Tiny little fingers. I'm always amazed. The thing that gets me about a newborn. Have you ever seen a newborn's fingernails? They're perfect. <laughs> I look at my, my fingernails and it's like, man, I've got one thumb here. The nail thumbnail is all indented. I hit it with a hammer decades ago. And now it grows. The, the nail came off, but it grows back, and that the indentation is always there. doesn't look all that, that great, but a baby's fingernails are perfect. They're perfect, perfectly shaped and manicured by God. The right length, perfect length. Always amazed when it comes to new life. We, uh, Julie and I, have the, the privilege. Uh, we are going to be grandparents. And uh, so there's this excitement as uh, Alicia and Brandon. It's not, yeah, it's not, not <laughs> just so it's clear to everybody, yeah. But who knows, that may be uh, at some point, right? Uh, but there's something about the fact that there's life developing inside 
the body. Inside Alicia's body, there is life. And so we, we saw the, uh, we, we had a surprise uh, a number of months back. And um, there was this uh, <laughs> picture of just a tiny little being and captured. And now it's, I guess, beginning of May is the due date. And there will be life coming into this world. Life has already begun within new life. And, and you can see that growth that's taking place in Alicia's body. Just amazing. But I want to say the life that comes when a person comes or allows Jesus to come into their life. New life. Last Sunday, after the service, I had two individuals at two different points just express from their heart, just saying, I cannot, basically, I cannot believe the changes that have taken place in me, the new life that I have in Christ. New life. We're talking going from darkness into his marvelous light. Going from being dead in trespasses and sins to life eternal because of Jesus Christ. Life is precious. Life is precious. And I just... Once again, I thank God for the worship this morning and already the songs that were selected were definitely of the Lord. I have a heart that beats for you. Lord, that there would be a heart that beats for you, not for, for self, but Lord, it beats for you. With every breath, you have the breath that I have in my lungs. You have put there that it would bring you glory. That our lives, not just what comes out of our mouth, but our life, each breath we take, that it would bring glory to Jesus Christ. This year, with prayer and coming before the Lord, the Lord has given a direction for this year that would say in his love that we would be all that we can be for his glory. It's a good word. It's a good direction, a good focus. The last number of weeks, if you have not been here, this is the fifth Sunday in January, and basically it's, entitled a prophetic word for 2023 as this word being all that we can be for his glory wrapped in his love wrapped in his love because of his love that we could we would be all that we can be for his glory if, you, if you've missed any of these messages I, I would encourage you if you missed even one week just took and broke this apart. Check it out either on our website, lighthouseniagara.com, or go to YouTube, and uh, you can speed me up a little bit. And uh, listen to those messages that you might have missed because it is the focus. It is the focus for this year as a church. In the last three weeks, uh, many of you have fasted and prayed. In the last three weeks, there ha have been things that have been done and put into motion and into place that are so far beyond us. I just say, thank you, Lord. And we're talking even in the preparation. I shared, I think I shared last week or I might have shared on Wednesday. From one meeting about this men's gathering, and I've been talking, we've been already saying, man up. It's happening 
gathering of men, February 11th, from that first initial meeting at the church that we're gonna, that's going to be hosting this man up, this, this initial meeting from the meeting itself, two churches decided to, we don't have any men's ministry in our church. And these, the one is a fairly large church, no men's ministry. The other one, same, no men's ministry going on. Now there is, they've decided that they're going to be having every month a gathering breakfast for men and starting. That, that's just from one meeting. Just from one meeting. I thank God. I appreciate, especially, I appreciate everybody here today. But the men here at this church, men, real men, men of God, on Monday night, there was 15 of us to come and pray. To come and pray. God is doing a work that we will be all that we can be. Last week I had talked about being all I can be. And there is something that needs to take place. There is a, 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 the need to be right before the Lord. But for the year and today, to be all we can be. To be all that we can be together. That we would not just be doing it singly, but together. There are teams that have been established that are outside from even outside of this church for some of the things that are coming up this year. And I, I don't want to take too much time on that. I just want to say this, that there are things taking place, and a number of you are, are part of that in leadership, and a number of you will be taking part in that as, as leaders as it unfolds. We're going to need men to, to help out even at another church for this man up coming up just in a few weeks on, on February 11th. It's a Saturday night. If you don't have it in your phone yet, men, mark it. We're going to be there. We need to, we, let's carpool. Let's bring as many guys as we can. Your, your, your sons, your, your parent, your, your father, your father, the fathers that they would come. Grandfathers will come of all ages will come. We can be all we can be. Life is precious. While we're here on earth, life here on earth, just quickly I want to read from Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 28. And we're going to go into, I want to, I want to focus in on life and other aspects pertaining to our existence. The purpose of life. So being all we can be, the purpose of life. So it says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? They're trying to trap him. He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? You know, you know the law, the things that are written. What is your take on it? What is your reading of it? What is your understanding? So he, so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to this lawyer, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. To love the Lord your God with your whole existence and who you are. Are we doing that? Is our life, do we think about God? Do we do things around the existence that we have in him? We cannot love God truly if we are not born of God. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. To be born of God as we receive Christ into our life. God loves each and every one. And there's, it's, it's interesting that these two things of all the laws of the Old Testament, all the commandments that were given in the Old Testament, these two are mentioned 
as being the most important. What it says in, in Matthew talks about the importance of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. We're talking the whole being, even physically. Lord, let there be a love to you in, in my daily existence and, and who I am, with my mind, my thoughts, my soul, my emotions, my attitudes, my heart. Spiritually, that I would love the Lord. But it is not confined to just us. There is a looking past ourselves. Life is not about ourselves. Life is about those that are around us as well. If we are not, I'll tell you, what a, a sad existence if life was just around self. In fact, we find ourselves struggling in life if life is just about self. If it's just about self. And I, I, I remember I, I worked for somebody and uh, they were extremely well off. Huge Canadian-wide company. And this, this family, the, the father had started the business back in the uh, early 1900s. And he had five sons. And they continued on with the, uh, the, the business. And so I was working as a orderly for uh, this man. He was, this one man was paralyzed. Uh, from his neck down, he had MS. He could not move. And I, I just thank God that I had opportunity to get to know him. But this individual, one of his brothers, and with the money that they had, very wealthy, had a, had a large cottage, six, I think six, 7,000 square foot cottage, on the, on the lake, Lake Erie. The life was about self. The life was about self. His wife left him. His children wanted nothing to do with him. Nothing. I'm just going to ask whoever's talking right now, if you just listen, I'd really appreciate it it's distracting. We need to listen. Listen carefully. The man had amassed wealth way beyond any of us could possibly imagine. I don't know how much, uh, I don't know how big his house was that wasn't on the lake. If his lake house was 6,000 square feet. But what does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What does it profit if you, and listen, sometimes we think about the rich. I'll tell you, the poor are in the same place when it comes to what they think will give life. If only I had more. If only I had more money. So it's not just the rich. It is the poor as well to say, if I just had a little bit more, then my life would be complete. I'll tell you right now, without Jesus, your life it will be incomplete. doesn't matter how rich or poor you are, it will be incomplete. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I want to get into that, that story of, of Moses. And, and anyways, people were dying. And uh, a pole was lifted up, and, and, and they just had to look by faith. Just look to this pole with this serpent on it. And the serpents were biting, and people were dying from these snake bites. Thousands died. But once the, 
the instruction was given, hey, put up a pole with snakes on it or a snake on it and look to it. If the people look on it, they will have life. So as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And Jesus became the sacrifice for us, and he a sacrifice for our sins. He became that sin offering for us. And even as we would look to Jesus and believe, we will not perish, but we will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is a reality. You have experienced this. By faith you have life as you look to Jesus, as you took a hold of Jesus. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. The heart of God is not to condemn you apart from him but that the world would be saved. Saved from what? From our sins that separate us from God and from an eternity apart from God Almighty. We, when we, this, this individual two weeks ago was alive. Last, this past week, died, took the last breath. Her soul and spirit is alive. The body decays, but the life remains in the spirit and the soul. He who believes in him and Jesus is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You believed and you have life. And this is a condemnation that, a condemnation that the light has come into the world and the men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So because they preferred their sin, listen, every single person choose to say, I will hang on to my sin, and I, they choose themselves whether they're going to be in heaven or in hell. And if a person doesn't want to change, they will spend eternity apart from God. For everyone practicing Practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. They practice evil and they hang on to it. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. They come into the light of Jesus Christ. And even as they would say, oh my goodness, I'm sinful. That's what we talked about last week. Man, I'm sinful. Jesus can wash away our sins. Even as we would say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I confess my sins. And we are washed by the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Let me talk a little bit about hell. Let me talk a little bit about the lake of fire. We are talking about places that are real and exist and will continue on for all eternity. Listen. People don't want to hear the message. They get uncomfortable hearing the message. I'll tell you right now, if I was going to go on the river, and there are warning signs on Niagara River that say, do not go past this point. And if you don't heed the warnings and you go past that point, you get into the rapids. Now it's, you can't, it's so hard to get out at that point because the water is just sweeping you. I'll tell you, the road that leads to destruction and eternity apart from God is like a superhighway, and many are they that are on that road. And we have an answer. We have life in Jesus. God has put you in families. And there are people within your own family that may not know Jesus Christ, or they have chosen to say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I know this is today is a... Say, Pastor, is this what our, our year is about? I'll tell you. When is the trumpet going to sound? Folks, we are running out of time. There is not much time left. I don't know how much time we have. 
If we have years, do we have months? Do we have days? In my heart, in my heart, I feel that we still have some time to bring in a harvest. The harvest you want to see coming in. And we're talking about maybe your own children, your own parents, your own brothers or sisters that are not saved, that they would come to know the Lord yet. People you care about, your friends, your co-workers that you spend time with every single day. That they would come to know Jesus. I know the heart of God is that none should perish, that all should come to repentance to make a turn, to turn. Luke 16, verse 20. This is not a parable. Parables usually had, they're, they're broader. They don't give names. You might say, there was a man that, or the heaven is likened on to a man that did this such and such. But here we're given names. This, these two people, who knows if Jesus knew them, probably did. This is this one man's name is mentioned. Lazarus is not the same man that was raised from the from the dead. Different Lazarus. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus full of sores who was laid at his gate. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to the to Abra Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. So they both died. One was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now this is pre-Jesus going to the cross. Where is hell? Where is Hades? It is in the earth. Hell is in the earth. We know what they know geologically, the center of the earth, the, the heat of the internal aspect of the earth. And he describes it here. There was a part of Hades before the cross because the cross, the, the payment for the sins had not been paid yet. And so there was two sections, and we'll read of this. This is literal. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Obviously, there's no water in hell. There's no water. Just dip, have, have Lazarus dip his finger in the, the water and, and just so that I can have a little bit of, of refreshment. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and you are tormented. There was a believing in the things of the sacrifice. Maybe Lazarus knew Jesus, placing his faith in Jesus. The rich man, not. And they're in two different locations. And beside all this, between us and you, there, are, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. There is no way to get across. When you die, it is finished. Your destination is, is a you've chosen it while you are still living. That's why whenever I have an opportunity, somebody is dying. And let me just say this. If you can't tell them about Jesus, I'd be more than happy to come and talk to them about Jesus before they die. Because when they're dead, it's, it, their destination is already assigned They've chosen it to be apart from 
God. And the Lord gives them an opportunity right to their last breath to come to him. Then he said, I beg you there, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. He's talking, this rich man is talking to, uh, to Abraham. I, I beg you that you would send him to my father's house. Send Lazarus. Let him go to my, my brothers. He says, I, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to the place of torment. And Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He was basically saying, hey, let Lazarus come back to life and warn my brothers that they don't come or end up here. Listen, this is a real thing that happened. This man is still in hell. 2,000 years later, he is still in hell and will be for all eternity. It's a terrible thing. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. And Revelation 20, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and, the, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone who not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Say, Pastor, wow. This is not a very comforting message. I want you, I pray to God that we would grab a hold of this picture of reality, the reality of hell, the reality of, of the lake of fire, the reality of eternity, that it would hit us. We're talking forever. Hell, it says the books were open every single, they were judged by their works. What's a work? A work is every single action, every thought, every attitude. They were judged according to their deeds, their speech, everything recorded, everything written, and nothing covering and taking it away. Every single person, they will be judged with righteousness and justice and holiness. And if there is nothing to take care of their sins, they will spend eternity in hell. Your children, if they are not right with the Lord, will spend eternity in hell. And then the lake of fire. We have people that we love. We're talking about being all that we can be. The most valuable thing on earth, that which is, is that which is eternal. And the spirit and the soul is eternal. We don't just exist for ourselves. That we would love God with all our heart and our neighbor as ourselves. That in the time that we have left before he comes back, Lord, let me do whatever I can to love you with all my heart and to love my children, to love my brothers and sisters, to love my parents, to love my relatives, to love my neighbor, to love my friend, to love those that I work with, to love the stranger. That they can come to know Jesus with the intent that their sins will be forgiven. The most valuable thing worth more to God than all the value of all the assets and all the, 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 the monies and all the, the things of precious stones and, and, and gold and whatever, you amass all of it is not worth your soul and spirit, which is eternal. 
You are precious to God. The sinner is precious to God. And his heart is, I want for them to come to know me. I want them to be forgiven, to be washed and cleansed. So when the books are opened up, all that is seen is the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus has taken care of our sins. We don't exist just for ourselves. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, just say, uh, I don't think so. Jesus, what? You died for Ah, whatever. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. We need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, with all our mind, and our neighbor as ourself. You know what? Relationship. Relationship goes past self. As I mentioned earlier, if it was all about me, and life was all about my, me, and what I'm going through, and, and I, there's nothing, it's, it's just about me. What I want, what I need, becomes a very lonely existence. But when we begin to love God, love is about relationship. Oh, man. Last night I went to bed. As I lay down, just in my spirit, my mind, I just said, oh, God, I love you so much. I love you so much. You are so good. There's a song that's been resonating. I heard it just this week. I just caught a piece of it. It was a song that we sang. I can remember I was a kid singing it. And it just, it was like, God, well, it goes, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He is so good to me. I love him so. I love him so. I love him so. He's so good to me. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so, so good to me. As I went to bed last night, I just said, God, you're so good. You are so good. I love you, Lord. You're so good. He loves us so, so much that we would love him with all our heart. Relationship with God. Relationship with our family. Listen, maybe your family is dysfunctional. Maybe it's all torn apart. Maybe it's all messed up. Maybe things were said, things were done, that there would be a forgiveness, that there would be a reaching out. Hey, listen, I love you. 
relationship. Relationship with family. Relationship within the body. Yeah, you know what? The body of Christ, the church, the local church. It's not, it hasn't arrived yet because I'm here. Because I haven't arrived yet. My heart would be that we could love, that there would not be things that, well, I can't talk to this person, you know, they, they let me down or whatever, but that there would be a f relationships, relationships developing, fellowship with one another. We would love one another. And that we would love others, our neighbors, especially those that don't know the Lord. God, help me to love my neighbor as myself. And in this, in this time, it's like, it wasn't always that way. I think we, we get caught up with too many things of life. Get caught up with too many things, and, and so we don't even have time for our neighbors. Sometimes we don't even know our neighbor. Don't even know what their name is. Or the people that we work with, it's just like, well, I go to, I go to work and a nine-to-five job or whatever it may be. And we, we're with people, similar people, same people. And we don't get to know them. And Lord is saying, I want you to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Take time. Relationship. Because our spirit and soul is eternal. I, I, I just want to say this. In this year, I truly believe there will be such miracles take place. Your prayers that have gone up for your children and your, your, your parents, your, your brothers, sisters, relatives that are not saved, we will take in a harvest. You will take in a harvest in this year. I know some of you have been praying for years. Some of you have been praying for decades for, for siblings, for parents, for children. And the Lord, I believe we will see such a harvest come in yet before the Lord comes. That you will, you will take time to, to perhaps reestablish relationship. May, it may be if, if you've done something, maybe to offend or whatever, say, Lord, or go to that to your brother or sisters. Hey, forgive me. Can you forgive me? We need to we need to get over this. It's been too long. We need to have a relationship. And I, I want to say I love you and I care for you. The Holy Spirit will open up doors for you for that to take place if it needs to. And also for you to share the love of Jesus with them in your words and in your actions as oracles of God or ministers of God. The Holy Spirit will help you. I just, I, I'm so exciting. I, excited about this. The heart of God. The heart of God is that we would spend eternity with him. It starts on this side of heaven and it goes on for all eternity. His heart is that we would be with him. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, Revelations 4, verse 1. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Chapters, this is chapter 4, verse 1. This is basically the catching up of the saints. There's the, the, the gates of heaven, the doors standing open, and the, the saints coming to be with the Lord. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he, and he who sat there was like jasper and sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and, the, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And the throne, and from the throne proceeded lightnings and thundering, thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. 
Verse 11 says, Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures, and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, talking about the angels and the elders and the living creatures, according to this, 10,000 times 10,000, that's 100 million. I think it's saying it was hard to count. How can you count a hundred million? Would take a long time to count a hundred million. Just the angels saying with a loud voice together, a hundred million angels saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, and in it, the midst, the thunderings and the lightning and the glory of God. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and, and blessing. And every creature of which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And we, the redeemed, shall be there. We will be there. Listen. If our children are not saved, they will not be there. This thing could happen if the Lord comes back today. Could happen today. This is not in a thousand years. This is the door was opened in heaven and there was a catching up of the saints. That they would be at this gathering in Revelations 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. The number of them was 10,000 uh, times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, again, we see that Jesus Christ is being honored and not just Jesus Christ, but to the Father, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. That we would be there. After a thousand years on the earth, after the great white throne judgment. In Revelations 21, it says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, with men. Basically, we will be in the presence of God for eternity, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. The last thing, I, I believe, the last thing, the last time that we cry will be right after or during the great white throne judgment. There might be a grieving. Maybe some of our relatives will not be with us. Maybe children. Maybe our parents. Last time we cry. Because he will wipe away our tears. My prayer is that we won't have to cry too much because the ones that the Lord has entrusted us with will be ready to be with the Lord for eternity. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. 
And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. You want to have life? Thirst after the Lord Jesus Christ. To thirst after him. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And verse 8, I, I cannot believe that just interspersed within the vision and the, 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 the sight of the new Jerusalem and the eternity, there's warning. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The Lord is saying, I want for you to be with me. He's, he's giving warning. This morning, he's given warning. There's people that have walked out of the service today already. We have a task to do. That is why Jesus came. Because God loved the world so much. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is why Jesus came. And that is why he would send us out. If we want to be all that we can be, Listen, my heart is for, for you and your children, parents, for, for your parents. My heart is, yes, Lord, let them come to know you, that we would do all that we can because, man, do we have an amazing eternity ahead of us. Amen? We have an amazing eternity ahead of us. And you know what? The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ saves. And even as we go out, even as he began his ministry, he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here on earth already. The kingdom of God is at, on, at hand. It's here. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let there be a repentance. Don't be afraid to talk about sin. Because that's where we're going to be judged according to our works. And every sin... And it will make perfect sense that we are apart from a holy and just God. It will make perfect sense. We have an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to love those around us, that people will come to know Jesus. 1 Peter 4 talks about the fact that he has given us, every single one of, of you, including myself, You've given your life to Jesus, and you are saved. He has given you a gift to speak, to be oracles of God. If anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracles of God, because each one has received, received a gift. So minister to one another as good stewards in the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let them do it as with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. He would be lifted up to whom belong, belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And Peter is writing these, these things. He's saying, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for, one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. So be accepting of others. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Because each one of us has received that, those gifts to speak of the Lord you be, and hear from him. Be oracles of God and to be ministers. Each and every one of us that has, been, has given their life to the Lord. And he desires and he says, I want you to know that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on, our, on earth. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. The Lord will be with us as we go out to make disciples. Can we stand together? The Holy Spirit 
the Lord desires to go and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And if I could have the worship team come. Let us go in the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, to Judea, and all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Once again, not just geographically, we're talking chronologically, to the end of the earth. We are living in the last days, and the Lord is saying, I want you to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit, and let us go in his love. In his love. I know this was not an easy message. And you say, oh man, I don't know if this is, this is a little bit much. I'll tell you right now. And if anybody is here that doesn't know the Lord, or maybe you're not in the right place, you have opportunity this morning to, to make things right before the Lord. That you would make things right before the Lord. Lord, I've lived my, my, my life for myself, or maybe I've shifted off. It's no longer about you. I th think about you, maybe. This morning, maybe it became a little bit sharper and clearer to you, and there's a convicting of the Holy Spirit, a conviction of the Holy Spirit. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is uncomfortable, but it is good. Listen, if you don't have conviction and you're heading in the wrong direction, you are in a bad place. If you do not have any more conviction about practicing sin and just moving away from God, and there's no, there's no conviction, there's no like, oh, man, I better smarten up. There's none of that. I worry for you because without conviction, without the Holy Spirit drawing, if the Holy Spirit, if you've already shut off the Holy Spirit, basically you can't get saved. The Holy Spirit will draw you to a place to make a decision. But if the Holy Spirit isn't drawing anymore, you're at a place that says, you know what? Basically, you're done. You've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to you again and again and again and again. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit saying, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. This morning, we would be all that we can be. If there's anything of practice of sin in your life and you're, you say, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a believer, get rid of it. You get rid of it. I'm not, talking to, I'm not, I'm not here to judge you. I am, I am warning you. Because I don't want you to be left behind when the trumpet sounds. I don't want you to be on this planet because then it's going to be like the only way you make it. And I mentioned this already a few times in the last month. The only way you will make it is if you lose your life. That's what it taught you. Read, read Revelation. The cries of the martyrs, those that were followers of Jesus or got saved or got made things right after the saints were caught up after chapters 4 and 5 of Revelation, the cries of the martyrs, they got saved during the, uh, the tribulation period, those seven years that are coming. They haven't started yet. You think it's bad now? It'll be nothing compared to the seven years. And we have fractions of population size that are going to be taken out. We're talking about one half of the entire Earth's population will die during those seven years. We're talking, I, I just saw yesterday, our pop Earth's population, as of November 15, is we just passed 8 billion people on the planet. And whoever's left here after we're caught up to be with the Lord, maybe there will be another, I don't know, 7 billion people left here. Half of them will die within 7 years. You say, Pastor, why is it, why? Listen, I, I am being straight up with you, there is a work that needs to be done. And we, when the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would be all that we can be to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that we would love our neighbor as ourselves, and we will bring them to know Jesus. Because God is so good. And his heart is 
be with me for eternity. Be with me for eternity. I want you to be with me for eternity. Man, so many amazing things that will be done for all eternity. Hallelujah. So if you're here this morning and you need to get things right, that you would repent. You might say, what does that mean to repent? Two things. Repentance is turning a 180. So I was heading for hell. And maybe you're heading for hell like this. I look to Jesus, but I hang on to my sins, and my sins are dragging me to hell. Let go of your sin and turn to Jesus. Keep your faith. It says those, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel is, means good news. It is Jesus Christ and him crucified is the good news. He's taken care of every single one of your sins. So the things that are written down, the Lord says, Father, this is all taken care of. It's all been taken care of by my son. My wrath was poured out that should be on you. was poured out on my son 2,000 years ago on the cross, taken care of. Let my faith be in Jesus Christ. So I want, as we close with these songs, or a song, I don't know. Can we, we've been coming to the altar pretty well every Sunday. And if you're coming to get your life right with the Lord, come. If you're coming just, oh man, I love God. And this is a pretty serious message. I just want to say, I love you, Lord. But that this altar would be filled, as I've been saying the last number of weeks. If you come, come right to the front so people can come in behind you and, and move up, fill up the altar. Can we come? The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Hallelujah. Come, come, fill, fill the altar. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.